welcome to Fifth Draw Wild, everybody. I'm your host, Matt, and this week we're going to be continuing our conversation about the Whedonverse. Uh, this episode does run a bit long, and I do apologize for that, but uh, just really didn't want to cut up this episode anymore. Um, we didn't mention it last week, and we probably should have, but a big spoiler warning on this week's episode for Dollhouse and for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, we really don't hold back mainly just because we get going. So uh, I hope you enjoy this. uh, And man, go watch all these shows. And we're back to finish our discussion of Firefly with Jake Mason once again. Uh, Jake, welcome back for the second week again. Thanks for having me back. Oops, all berries. Did not mean to talk that long. I thought we were doing good, and then we got to Firefly, and I just just knew we were not getting out of that in less than half an hour. (laughs) All right, so we're gonna go. We're just gonna dive right into this. Uh, last week we covered uh, Cabin in the Woods, Angel, and Firefly, and also Serenity. Kind of lumped in with Firefly because it's, why would it's you in, not? Yeah, it's in the same. I did not talk about the comics, but I could. Um, there's there's a lot of cool things that they hide in the comics that uh, that I just didn't get to. But go read the comic; yeah. they're all great. In, in fact, if you can find the comic books that come from Joss Whedon that are tied to any of these. They're going to be worth your time. Yeah, except for, I will say, the um, the Angel comic books, After the Fall is great, and then it gets bad once Brian Lynch leaves, and then it gets okay when Bill Willingham comes on, but the damage has been done. And then once they get rid of all that and it comes back with Angel Season 11 in the Dark Horse comic books, it's good again. So that's your guide to there Angel comics. Yeah. So we're going to dive right back in, and uh, number four on our list is Dollhouse. Dollhouse rules, everybody. I will fight you if you don't think Dollhouse is just awesome. Here's the problem. Here's why you don't like Dollhouse. You got to the third episode, and you stopped watching because the third episode is Dookie from the Garbage Can. Everything after that, especially once you hit episode six, is ballin'. It is nonstop ballin' city. It is. That show is, I mean, look. In terms of just core concept, elevator pitch, like the basic idea, nothing has ever been done like this on TV, or even, I would argue, in movies, and certainly not nearly as well. No, definitely not. It is, so the, the, the central conceit of the show is that there is this thing called the dollhouse. There's a lot of them. You'll find out there's there's one, at least one in every major country. Maybe there's a couple in America. I'm not, a, I don't really remember. I haven't watched it in a couple think- minutes. There's at least two, maybe three in the U.S. Okay, uh, so there there are people there that are wiped. They are they are called dolls, you know, or actives, depending on who you ask. Uh, and they are child in their in their doll state. They are they are childlike, very simple, just like easily led. Nobody. They are nothing. They are they are shells essentially. They can't. The 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 hook to this is that you can put whatever you want into their brain. For any yep. for a fee, uh, you can make them anything or anyone for any reason, and that sounds like it's a pretty easy to get. Like that's a pretty easy premise, but it gets buck wild, yo. Like it it goes nuts. Yeah, there's there's an episode where one doll gets reprogrammed to be a hostage negotiator with programmed in bad eyesight and childhood traumas. And that's, another well, doll. Okay, sorry. Just to interrupt you, that's the first episode. Uh, the bad eyesight is in a later episode. It's the same one. The ch- the okay. so and the reason I remember that is because the the blind woman. It's in the cult episode. Her eyes are replaced with cameras. 
Oh, yeah. Um, because, sure. And uh, she's from New Hampshire, and I'm from New Hampshire, and nobody <laughs> in television is from New Hampshire. So that's anytime there's a mention of it, I'm like, oh, that's my place. Um, so that's how <laughs> I remember that so clearly. But yeah, in, in the pilot, she's a hostage negotiator who has a, a childhood trauma of like she was taken hostage as a child. Like, that's the backstory they built. But you find out that the backstories are based on real people's brain scans that they have converted into, like, they have somehow managed to convert into personalities and downloadable traits. And, like, that the, the person the trait is based on just happens to see the actual hostage taker that took her when, when the person that this personality is based on was a child. It's amazing. And at the same time, unbeknownst to her, they program another doll as basically, like, SWAT super soldier Captain America girl. Yeah, uh, just as just the like Plan B. Yeah, as backup. Yeah, as like if this goes wrong, we have like the baddest dude in Revere to come and and fix this. Uh, this is Elijah Dushku is the main character. She plays Echo. All of the dolls are at least in this um, dollhouse are named after the phonetic alphabet, um, yeah. which is real great. Um, oh, especially when they start talking about Alpha. Alpha. Alpha's not that he's in the first episode at the end alpha is bananas i god this show is so good i gotta watch it again soon i don't know how to i don't know how to say it without spoiling it but like he's a doll that went rogue because he fell onto the programming terminal and something went wrong and uh like 26 brains or however many got put into him and a lot of them were like serial killers and bad dudes uh, so he, like, went off the reservation. Like, you find out that, like, someone working there that you didn't know was a doll, you find out that was a doll later in the season, and, like, yeah. it's it's crazy. It's crazy, yo. Oh, it's... There's so much that's just out there in episode one that they don't touch until, like, the very end of the season. That it's just, like, or of the even of the show, there's just stuff yeah. that's like, oh, remember this one casual line? Yeah, that pays off. So the 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 first episode or the first season rather is uh, twelve episodes long and an epilogue. And the reason they shot this epilogue is because they only had twelve episodes. But a British television company—I don't know which one—I it might have just been BBC. I don't really know how TV works over there because it's like mostly government run. Yeah, it's, I don't even know. There's some like pay channels, I think, but I'm not sure. Someone purchased the rights to air Dollhouse, but because of the way it works in in England, you have to have at least 13 episodes. So Fox was contractually obligated to produce the 13th episode. So Joss Whedon and his brother Jed and, and Jed's wife Marissa, uh, who those two are now the head creative team on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Literally they, the only reason I'm still watching is because uh, of those two. I dipped out real quick in that show. I, I heard it gets better in season two, but like I got to like 16 in season one. I was like, this is real boring. I got to go. Um, it does improve. It yeah. takes a while. Yeah, I, I, I've heard. I just don't have the time for it. I would love yeah. to go back, but I, I, you know, maybe in a hundred years when I have no more, when podcasts are dead, I will, uh, <laughs> I will be able to watch some TV again. But uh, so they wrote this this episode called Epitaph One that takes place ten years after the like the last episode of the season one. Like yeah. ten years later, the world has been destroyed because of the doll technology. And this is when you go, oh, it's not just this weird fantasy fulfillment show. This this is real. This is serious business uh, because yeah. they they there is a, something happens. The doll technology gets into the wrong hands and it basically 
all technology, anything that can broadcast a signal can either A, wipe you and make you a doll, B, make you crazy because it just puts like crazy pants in your brain, or C, switch your body around, just put you and other people and like just just bounce around your consciousness into other people's because of the way the technology works. Yep. It gets uh, real nuts. Uh, Felicia Day kind of stars in Epitaph 1. She does, yeah. Uh, it's, it's Felicia Day, Zach... Oh, I can never remember his name. He was Scott Farkas in uh, Christmas Story. Yeah. Uh, he's in it. Uh, two others and a Dare Tischler who played Molly on season one and two of Heroes. Um, they are, like, trying... They find the dollhouse ten years later, and, like, it's underground, and it's, like, a self-contained system. It's off the grid, so, like, a lot of stuff still works. Um but not everything, and then you find the the doll whiskey, who you just found out was a doll the episode beforehand, and you thought yeah. wasn't that was another person. Oh. Uh, it's crazy. And they go back to it, and then season two, just like look, it takes everything you know, shoves it on a train, and kicks that train off a cliff. Yeah. So season one, like ends, and and here's what Joss Whedon said about season two when they were about to start season two. He said. Oh, they forgot to cancel us. Um, so, so then we'll he's like, that. he's like, he's like, you know what? I know we're not getting a third season. I know we're not getting a third season. The fact that we got a season two literally only happened because a, there were a couple more people watching it than Sarah Connor Chronicles, which was another great show. Um, so they took the money from that, put it to Dollhouse. That's how Dollhouse got a season two. Because of that, they went a buck wild. <laughs> they, they, they. They told oh. you how the doll technology works. You you find out that Topher, who is like the programmer, uh, he pioneered it. It was this huge, long process. Like it took like like days to turn someone to turn a doll into an active and like make them another person. Topher came in and was like, "Oh, if you just use light, you can just push it all into their brain, and their brain will do the 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 dirty work and sort it all out. You can do it in five seconds." So he did that. Uh, they weaponized that later. Um, he does on accident and then goes, uh Oh, and there's like five episodes where, where different types of technology relating to how to make a doll happen. And then you realize that, Oh, when you put them all together, if you have like a bad intention, uh, that's how you get the epitaph universe, like the epitaph, like not universe. That's like actually what happened. It's not like what could have been. It's like, no, that's how this goes. And it goes bad. Uh, there is no happy great. ending because this is a Joss Whedon property. Yeah, so there's an episode in season – I think it's a fourth episode in season one where they a woman who was friends with Adele who is like the, the head of the L.A. dollhouse dies. and But she had been scanning herself and updating herself. So they take her personality, put it into Echo, and then they go to her funeral. Like she goes to her own funeral in Echo's body and that is very innocuous. And then at the end of season one, there's a guy who's like this horrible douche uh, gets put into Victor's uh, body played by. Oh, gosh, I forgot his name. I don't remember it. Any other time of the day, I would be able to tell you this man's name. And I can't right now because I have to give me one second (laughs) to do a Google. But anyway, at at the in like season like or episode like 10 or 11, they, they put this bad dude into his body and you find out that like. One of their plans is, like, we're going to start selling people new bodies. Like, we're just going to, like, because cause when you sign up to be adult, like, that's a person. Like, that's like a, they're not, like, a robot. It's not Westworld. It's, it's like, they're a person. 
that had their and usually mind it's wiped. a person who's in a real bad place like it's a literal deal for the devil like they go in with a deal that's like 10 years of doing this and you get your life back your memories back massive paycheck and a clean slate from every government on earth yeah and so echo who's caroline previously did something bad and we don't know what uh, and i don't actually remember I don't actually remember what she did <laughs> that that put her there. But I tell you what, they do wrap it up in season two. Season like Dollhouse is a lot of things, but open ended ain't one it of ain't. them. Nope, it's definitive. Dollhouse TV series. I know his name is something very weird. Enver Gokaj. That's what it is. Okay, boom. Uh, so he's uh maybe the best actor of our time. Just just telling you right now, he's secretly yeah. one of the best on on in the business. But they're like, we're going to start selling these young, hot bodies to people. Because, like, it, this guy is, like, this, like, morbidly obese dude who's allergic sh- to shellfish. So he gets into this hot body that can eat lobster, and that's what he does. Then, in season two, they, like, put that into action. And they're like, no, we're just going to start, like, like they, they figure out a way to weaponize it so they can just shoot you with a, a ray and wipe you and do whatever they want. And it's, like, it it gets out of control in such specific ways like there's this whole thing called there's like the attic which is where they put broken dolls and and enemies of the dollhouse and it's messed up yo (laughs) it's it's a bad time yeah and sometimes it's just we're going to take your consciousness out of your body put your still breathing body away somewhere and put your consciousness literally on a shelf yeah and they, they the attic is like where they put your consciousness in addition to where they store your body and where they put your consciousness is like a hell of your own making, essentially. Uh, it's like the worst the worst thing you can think of that your brain can do to you. That's where you go, and it's Forever. awful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, oh, the show is bananas. Uh, and there, the, the last episode, this one actually aired, because Epitaph 1 did not air on television. It did in the UK, but not in America. It was only on the DVD. Uh, Epitaph 2 did air on television, and it was like the direct sequel to Epitaph 1, Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like them trying to fix the problem by sending out a signal that would undo all of the other stuff. And it's just like this, this hell roller coaster to get there. And it's so good. And you'd stopped watching it because episode three was the worst episode of maybe all of television. Yeah. Episode three is real bad. It's rough. It's, it's very bad. And then, but then you get to episode six and they go, Oh, Hey, sorry about that. Let's here you go. Here's Dollhouse. Uh, and then it's all better from there. And there's there's so many other layers. Like like there are people that are handlers for the dolls that are like semi paternal guardian figures. And there's like yeah. a cop that's investigating that eventually turns into one. And, oh Yeah, oh Tombo Pennicut, yeah, he uh his character is like a cop that's investigating them that like doesn't it's like an urban legend, so they're like, yeah. "Stop it!" And then he gets fired for not stopping it, and it's this—it's—it's uh, it's out of control. It's but and there's like, so many. It's an iceberg. It's a hundred icebergs. It's so good. And like the dollhouse was one hundred percent aware of his assignment the whole time because someone in his department was just like, "Oh, this guy's doing this," and they're like, "Oh, really?" Yeah, and, and so they, they just start throwing dolls at him. So they programmed his neighbor, like they programmed a doll to be his neighbor for like months and then she has this code phrase that like if you if she hears this like there are three flowers in a vase the third one is blue 
She turns into a murder machine. It's bananas. Yeah, the the show is so good, and they do so many things. Like, I implore you to watch the show, even knowing what I have told you about the show. They're like the way we haven't the, spoiled it. No, yeah. the way the mythology progresses is. At a certain point in season two, every single episode goes, oh, God, they can do that. And then the next episode, like, oh, God, they can do that, too. And then the next one, oh, God, they can do all these things. And it just keeps going. And it is this, this like, nonstop, like, existential crisis machine, I guess, is, yeah. is a good way to put it at some points. Uh, like, the theme of the show is about, like, identity, I guess, if you want to boil it down. It's, like, it's about identity in that, like, because Echo is going slowly um aware like so echo and caroline are two different personalities that that like have the same body but echo becomes aware even though she shouldn't like that shouldn't be possible um and so that's kind of what the main thing is and like to what degree is a doll a person and to what degree are they a thing and like it's it's really good you guys (laughs) yeah and it gets real uncomfortable in a lot of places and real good and real mean. And yeah, because, like, cause like, on the surface, it's like, this is for sex. Like, that's, like, that's like the obvious I mean, way the to go with it. that's the in the pilot. Like, that's the first part of the pilot is just... Yeah, is, like, you can make them... A dream what, date. Yeah, it's, like, uh, it's whoever and whatever you want them to be. And so, obviously, it's, like, this is a sex thing. But it's so much more than that. And it's, like, for for so many different reasons. And it, like... It it has its faults here and there. The first five episodes are slow in in some parts and just straight up bad. Like, like episode three, I can't watch it so you can appreciate how good the rest of it is. But it's just a genuinely bad episode of television. But then there – and there, it, like Eliza Dushku is a good actress, but I don't think she's as good as she needed to be. She's not bad by any stretch, but like if this was Sarah Michelle Gellar instead of Eliza Dushku, this show would still be on. <laughs> um, yeah. Because, I don't know if you guys know this, Sarah Michelle Gellar is secretly the best actress of all time. Like, period. Uh, but yeah, it's I, it's really good. Just go watch Dollhouse, yo. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't stress that enough. Like, go treat yourself right and watch Dollhouse. It's, it's two 13-episode seasons. Like, you can do it. Like, it's not hard. That's not, that's not even a bad weekend on a Netflix binge. Come on, yeah. guys. Yeah, you got time. Uh, and everyone's real pretty. It's just a bunch of real yeah. pretty people, so like that's cool too. Bunch of Whedon alums in there. It's great. Yeah, Amy Acker is in it. Um, Alan Tudyk is in it, who was Wash on Firefly. Uh, let's see who else. Um, Fran Kranz becomes one. I don't know. I don't know who else. Eliza is I know like there's like Eliza Dushku, obviously, who was yeah um, is the the main star. Um, and then there's a lot of people that like pop up later, like here and there, in different roles that are from other things. Um, that's that's the one thing you can say about. Whedon is like he made people's careers that are like those people are still doing stuff. It's weird to say, but I wish Castle had been doing a little less well during Dollhouse's run. I wanted to see what he would do with Nathan Fillion. That's like, man, where he would I, put him. I'm glad Nathan Fillion had that like real nice job and is now like a millionaire because of that. Um, yeah. But I wish Castle would have ended after like four seasons so he could do like other cool stuff instead of just Castle forever. Yeah, um, but he's. He's out from under the, and I liked Castle. I thought it was good. It's just it's procedural, so it turns into like, oh, they're doing this again. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Like I get it. I mean, look, my favorite episode of that tangent is still the uh, like first season Halloween episode where he has his Mal Reynolds full show original costume oh, yeah. on, 
walking like, through oh, a graveyard like, talking about vampires. Oh yeah. Well, what are you supposed to be? A space cowboy. A space cowboy. Or I think it does his daughter come out and she's like, Space cowboy again? Come on. And he's like, It's Didn't been you three do that years. like five years ago. Yeah, did ago? you do that five years ago? <laughs> yeah. And he just goes, It's still cool. Yeah. And everyone cute. in the audience was just like, Yeah. Yeah, it is. Every, well, everyone, every Firefly fan wa- watching was just like, Because <sighs> there wasn't any more. <laughs> I may have screamed a little bit when I saw that the first time. Um, and then. Happy. A couple years after that, or a couple years ago, I don't remember, um, Molly Quinn, who played his daughter, went to Comic-Con for a castle panel dressed as Mal Reynolds, yeah. uh, which is just great. <laughs> it was the best thing ever. Like, oh, yeah. I want I want her to be his real-life daughter and just make a, make a family dynasty of Mal Reynolds. Yeah, oh boy. She played, uh, uh, oh, I don't remember her name. She, she played a character who was basically Katniss Everdeen on the Thrilling Adventure Hours, um, uh, Sparks Nevada, Marshall from Mars. I don't remember her name. Pemily Stalwark, I think. Something like that. Uh, but she's she was great in that show. <laughs> okay, we have we have stalled and delayed long enough. We have. We hopefully in. we're hopefully we're not uh, too too deep in, in that we don't. <laughs> this is, I don't want this to be a three parter. <laughs> we got time. We got time. We got time. We're okay. We've Good. only been doing this one for about twenty minutes so far. So we're right. gonna swing in. And ladies and gentlemen, drum roll number five, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay. I want to preface this by saying the only reason anyone listening to this or anyone listening who has ever listened to me do a podcast, anyone who's ever met me in life, the reason you have met this person is because of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay? That is the the cornerstone of my being is, is there are two things. I am an older brother. And I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, that's it. That's that's the base parts of me. So just so you know that going in, <laughs> that's that's all I need you to know. All right. I am prepped. Okay. Hit me. It is literally the best show that anyone has ever made. There, there literally has never been a better show. Even the worst episodes of Buffy, I would rather watch than almost anything else. I say that. There are two genuinely horrible episodes of Buffy. Well... At least three that are just very, very bad. But other than that, top to bottom, it is the best, the best television show. I, I don't even know what to say. Now that I'm saying it, I like I might just black out for a minute and not be any good on this. I, 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 I'm worried we hyped it too much, and now I don't know what to say about it. Give me oh. something to talk about, Matt. <laughs> when in doubt. Um, okay, give me the premise of the show. Into every generation, a slayer is born. There's one girl in all the world to, <laughs> to fight the vampires, the demons, and the forces of darkness. She is the slayer. <laughs> uh, that, okay. is, that is the intro to the first season and six or seven episodes of season two. And then a howl. And then the Nerf Herder song. Uh, it's, uh, it's basically about a girl who kills vampires. Slays vampires. Because, there is a distinction between... Yeah, because because the powers that be have chosen her uh, to be the the Slayer. There can only be one at a time, asterisk, we'll talk about that in a minute, that uh, when <laughs> you die... a big old asterisk. Big, big, big asterisk. Uh, when a Slayer dies, the next one is immediately called. So they don't have a high life expectancy. It's usually a teenage girl around the age of 16 is chosen. Uh, they get super strength, super agility, crazy healing... And 
never said in the show, but if you don't read between these lines, then you watch a different show that I did. Or maybe the fact that I've seen every, every episode a hundred times, maybe he has, uh, you know, changed my view on it. Uh, you don't really need to sleep <laughs> at all. Uh, because Apparently not, yeah. Because she's up patrolling all the time and is never, like, in class, like, oh, I slept for three hours. Like, if I didn't sleep for ten hours when I was a teenager, I was a, just a goblin monster. <laughs> like, I was horrible. Yeah. Uh, she can also, and this goes away after a little bit, sense a vampire. It it does, it's, it's, it's a holdover from the movie, which is bad. It was real bad in that movie. It was, it was basically, it's like minstrel cramps it was yeah it was it was like weaponized menstrual cramps and it was dumb and bad um but uh they in in the show it, it was this thing where you had to like hone that's the actual word that giles uses yes you didn't hone uh and you can kind of like tell when they're around they don't she doesn't use it ever after like the first episode because it would kind of break the show for a lot of things because vampires yeah. look just like people until they don't, they and their don't. face changes, and they are, you know, vampires. Um, but that's that's it. It's it, it was the Colonel of Buffy. The reason he wanted to make it is he wanted the blonde girl in every horror movie that gets murdered to be the hero. Like like, oops, she's not getting murdered by this monster today. In fact, she is what kills the monsters, and that's where Buffy comes from. And it could not be more perfect. Um, no. Okay, let's run through. Let's see, do you want to do seasons, or do you want to do characters? Well, let's do seasons, because there's a lot of characters, and, yeah. I'm, and I might get caught up on them, uh, well, but if we, if we break it down like season by season... There are important ones. Um, well, there's the core four, and then there's... Let me see if I can name everyone who's ever appeared in the, in the opening credits. <laughs> okay, so there's, there's Buffy, Willow, Xander, Giles, Cordelia, Oz, Anya, Riley, Dawn... Uh. Tara, Angel, uh, Angel. I'm trying to think of anybody new in season seven. Popped up. Oh, and Buffy's don't... mom. She was never in the opening credits, though. Oh, she wasn't. She was never a main character. Nope. Oh. Um, I think I think that's it. I think it's eleven people that were just like in the main. Oh, sorry, Spike. How did I forget Spike? Uh, oh gosh. Spike. <laughs> Faith was never in the opening credits. Was she, she was. She was never. Oh man. Man, do I wish I want to see the other universe where Faith uh, went a different route. <laughs> and, oh. uh, well, season seven did her pretty well. Yeah, and and season four of Angel. Yeah, Faith. Faith is one of my favorite characters. After this, like I rewatched it with my roommate because he'd never seen it. So I was like, "Well, I need to fix this." Yeah, I mean, so that's just the common courtesy, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, so we recently watched it and like her, Faith's arc is my favorite arc in the show. It used to be Cordelia's, but it like became Faith's when you see it in like, like the way that I watched Cause I've never watched it this way before where I, where I, once we got to when Angel started, we would alternate seasons. Um, and the reason you have to watch season four of Angel first is because Faith comes back and then goes to Buffy. And if you watch Buffy first, and and season four of Angel ends before season uh, seven of Buffy ends, and that is a a plot point, and you don't yeah. want to like spoil other like the opposite. So it's easier to watch Angel first. But her arc is so good, and I just want to see the world where like maybe in season five she came back and was a main character instead of season seven. I feel like she would have made season six much more tolerable. Oh, 
Yeah. Okay, so let's start off way at the beginning, except not doing the movie because the movie is dumb garbage that should not have happened. The, uh, um, the movie is what happens when you have a really good script and then uh, Fran Cousy and um, Rubel Cousy, for, uh, maybe that's the same person. Kaz, Kaz Cousy and, and Fran Rubel Cousy uh, take it and they are just like real garbage and, and, and Donald Sutherland does not want to be in the movie and Luke Perry just does his best but doesn't really know what he's doing and like there's there's a good movie in there but you have to really want it to to get it. I suggest reading get, the script of the movie. Yeah, and what you get in the show later is references to the movie to the good parts of it. Yeah, like you get, they mention the carry kind of sequence where the gym burns down. Yeah, they, they mention like burning the gym down and basically nothing else. Um, yeah. Oh, and and the the previous watcher, uh, his name was Merrick, and that's the name of Donald Sutherland's character in the movie. And a different Merrick played by um, a guy that you would all recognize. He's been in everything. I forget his name. I don't know. I can't tell you what he has specifically been in. Um, but like he plays the the he plays Merrick in that. So that's basically the only two references you get to the movie. Other than that, it's yeah. it's fluid. And and the the end result is they lived in L.A. Buffy was the traditional traditional. She was Cordelia before yeah. before yeah. Then she Wildly became a vampire popular. slayer. And then uh, it activated. Things happened. A gym burns down. She had to burn and it she got expelled. Down. Yep. And, because of uh, vamp uh, asbestos. Yeah, it, it's, it's asbestos. It's um, and so her mom takes a job curating the Sunnydale uh, Museum gallery? Art Gallery. Yeah, it's just called the Gallery, Net- and you don't know what exactly it is ever. <laughs> yeah, like creepy masks come home one time, but that's all you ever get. Yeah, yeah, um, and and a fertility statue with apparently a very large uh, pepus. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, um, so Buffy's mom takes that job. And she moves Buffy to Sunnydale, and then we get season one. Uh, and um, oops, wouldn't you know it? Sunnydale is a hellmouth, uh, which is where <laughs> is the term for a place, a nexus of bad energy that draws evil things to it. So there's there's a couple. There's one in Cleveland. Uh, there's one in um, there's one in Sunnydale. You don't really find out where any other hellmouths are, but it. It basically is like this is where bad stuff is going to happen. So like Ringe, New Hampshire is fine. That's where I grew up. There's no vampires there, but because they're all going to the Hellmouths essentially. Yeah. Um, it's why the so, rest of the world is normal. Yeah, it, yeah, and uh, I mean like L.A. isn't a Hellmouth, but like so, you know it, it's it's kind of nebulous. Like like it's not just like only the Hellmouths, but that's like where they tend to be. So. Yeah. Uh, Hellmouth, her future watcher, Giles, has taken a job as a librarian to basically be closer to her because she's a high school student, uh, and she he has to train her, and uh, season one is getting the kinks out, essentially. It's it's making metaphors out of, or making monsters out of metaphor. That's like a lot of, it's high school is hell. That's, that's the conceit of the first three seasons. And then you graduate, and you find out, oh no, college is also hell. And then you get out of college, and you go, oh no, the real world is also hell. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the path of Buffy. <laughs> uh, uh, she doesn't graduate, but she does leave college at some point. Uh, yeah. So it's the first season is uh, is is pretty campy. It's uh, it's it's rough. It's still trying to find its its feet, but it's still very fun. It's still got a, like a ton of personality, and is for my money. Maybe the most watchable season of Buffy. Like it's the if you could just like pop on a season of Buffy, 
it's probably going to be season one or three for me anyway. I would agree with that. Or for me four, but I realize I'm kind of alone in liking season four. Um, yeah, see, I'm getting, I'm getting, you're shaking your head at me, but that's, it's a good season. There's some bad, like, there's a couple of bad episodes, yeah, but. We'll, we'll get to it. It's we'll, good. We'll, yeah, we'll get, we'll to, get it. to it. We'll yeah. get to it. We'll, we'll have thoughts, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, I agree. Season one is very much just like, let's find our feet here. Yeah, and they so they do it so well. They do it really well. The the big bad, and by the way, Buffy, if you've ever heard the term big bad, it came from Buffy. You're yeah. welcome. <laughs> So uh, it, the, the big bad of season one is the master. He's a very ancient vampire who was in Sunnydale trying to cause an apocalypse when an earthquake happened and the church he was in trying to end the world uh, fell into the earth. It was swallowed whole and he is trapped there because of mystical energies and blah, 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 blah. And he's basically the whole season. He's trying to get out so he can cause the end of the world. In the first episode, there's a thing called the harvest, which is uh, supposed to do that by he anoints a very a, a vampire to be able to transfer energy, this vampire basically has to kill a lot of people and drink their blood, and that will give him enough power to break out of this church he is trapped in. That doesn't happen because Buffy master, stops it. Yeah, and the master is one of this is one of the things that Buffy does really well. Is the master doesn't like the master's done after season one, but the master doesn't go away. Yeah, there, that's the cool thing is because vampires live a long time. That you anytime you can go back to before. His death, because he dies. Spoiler, the bad guy dies in season one. Uh, yeah. Any, anytime you go back, he could be there. So he comes up in a lot of places. Like, he shows up in in, in Angel a couple times, uh, which is great. And Mark Metcalf pay, plays the crap out of the master. He has this perfect level of, like, scary maliciousness to jokey boss. Like, he's yeah. he rides that line really well. Like, there's a there's a thing where he's, like, there's an earthquake happening because he's trying to break out, and he's like, yes, it's happening! And then he turns to one of his lackeys, like, what do you think, like, five, five, nine? Like, what do you think that earthquake was on the Richter scale? Like, <laughs> it's just, like, this really nice, like, undercut. Um, but he never loses his scariness, ever. Um, he, no. He, hey, oh, spoilers for Buffy, guys. We're going to be spoiling Buffy a lot. A lot, He yeah. kills Buffy at the end of the first season. Buffy Straight dies. up murders her. Yeah. He he doesn't and he and here's the crazy thing, he doesn't vampire kill her. He just he just knocks her out and pushes her face down into a a a pool and she drowns. Okay? Yeah. Uh Xander, who is one of her best friends, uh one of her slayer rats, the Scooby Gang as they are come to known. They only call themselves the Scooby Gang like three times in the show. Um which is kind of but it's weird. Stuck. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like they call it's like a Scooby meeting, the Scooby it it just kind of happens. It never like has an origin, which is I think kind of fun. But uh but he's there and Angel tries to save her, but he has no breath. He's a vampire, they don't breathe. So Xander saves her, brings her back to life, and by doing that, activates another slayer line because she died. And if you'll recall, the asterisk, when a slayer dies, one is made. So this activates Kendra. We'll talk about her in season two. Uh, yep. but she kills the master, it's a good time. It's like a it's like a fun season that like and this is why I say that Sarah Michelle Geller is the best actress of of our age. Uh, oh, is that, that line. Oh, that line the, to Giles. Oh, I don't want to die. I'm 16. I don't want to die. It's said it's not over dramatic. It's it's perfectly in context and it's delivered the best it possibly could be. And like this is when Sarah Michelle Geller was like a baby like she was like 20 when this happened like i think she had 
filmed I Know What You Did Last Summer, and that's it. And that's all she had done other than soap operas, like, yeah. before before Buffy. Um, and, like, maybe a couple things oh. here or there. But she, like, out of the gate is an amazing actress, and that's why the show worked, like, period. That's how the, that's how the show had legs. And it's like she and Willow and Xander, you just buy them as best friends. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, and Xander, her relationship with Giles is just the perfect father-daughter relationship. Yeah, uh, yeah, because her dad, like, her parents get divorced and, and her mom goes to Sunnydale, and her dad's the worst dude ever, basically. Just garbage, uh, yeah. And they never once say Giles is your father figure because they never have to. Like, they never, ever have to because you know. Like, you it's get just it. fact. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the, the the other thing about the Slayer, and I think it's touched upon in the first season, so we'll get out of the way now, is that they always fight alone. Like, they're always, it's it, their watcher is there, and it's them. And Buffy's mm-hmm. the first vampire slayer in all of history to have friends. And that's how she survives and is the most successful vampire slayer of all time. Uh, yeah. Is because she has friends. So I guess that, that kind comes of comes up. Is, that comes up in a big way later on. Uh, oh. In a, lo- in a lot of. The first, yeah. Yeah. And oh, the boy, God, do I love season seven. I don't know. Like, I think season seven gets some flack, but I it's. My second favorite season, I would say. It's real um, good, yeah. It's super, super good. We'll get there. Uh, but I think, that, I think that brings us to season two. It does. Uh, uh, season two will break your heart right in half. So season two is when Buffy becomes Buffy. Like, the show becomes the show that you are going to understand, as, you know, going forward. The first 11 episodes are basically season one, part two. Yep. Better stories, better acting. But basically, it's still the same thing. And then, and like remember how I said monsters are metaphor? Well, then we get to the ultimate metaphor, uh, where when you sleep with a guy, he turns evil because she sleeps with Angel, who she finds out in season se- in episode seven of season one is a vampire with a soul. She sleeps with him in episode eleven, and the curse he turns fires evil. The curse because he goes was off. perfectly happy. Yep, and he becomes super duper evil. And the rest of season two <gasps> is oh Angelus running amok, and eventually he gets it into his head like I'm going to end the world and. First, like, first, he's like, I'm going to screw with this little blonde girl. Yeah, I'm going to torture Buffy because that's what I love right now. But then it yeah. becomes like, hey, you know what? What if I just end the whole world? She would hate that. <laughs> she would really hate that. Um, and uh, he comes real close. And uh, let's see some highlights. Oz shows up in season two. Uh, he's oh, a werewolf. Oh, uh, Oz is so good. He's he real poorly, but he's so good. Yeah, I mean, I again, that's some season four stuff that nobody likes. I, I think the episode is as good as it could have been where he leaves, yeah. but you know, it was truncated. It was supposed to be a season long arc that they put into six episodes, uh, but here we are. Uh, so, so yeah, Oz, Oz is there. Willow starts coming into her own, so she starts be like, I, she starts dabbling in witchcraft. Like that's where she ends up is like, is a very powerful witch, and that is like a whole thing going forward after this season but uh yeah oh, it's yeah like, she learns from uh, miss calendar from miss calendar who is killed by angel in the episode passion and oh. it is brutal it's... uh and then the way giles finds her is brutal it's it's oh man it your heart will not survive <laughs> yeah it's oh so good um oh and kendra we get kendra yes so kendra 
is another vampire slayer. This is when you kind of we expand the idea of a vampire slayer and that there are potential slayers all over the world and there are mystical ways to figure out who is a potential. So Kendra has been training for her whole life to be a vampire slayer just in case she would be a vampire slayer. Like, not that she was next. No one knew that. She was a potential. Yeah. She gets activated and she comes to Sunnydale to help out. Uh, and at first there's like this reveal, like there's it's this thing called the Order of Taraka that is hunting Buffy down that Spike like calls up to try to kill her. Um, and like you think Kendra is one of them, but she's not. She's another Slayer. So like this nice, nice turn. Um, and I, I do want to point out, and I have never seen this anywhere. Never seen this talked about ever. Okay. This is this is a fifth draw wild exclusive unless Ooh. you talk to me personally. The whole trick to being a slayer is that there is one, right? Yeah. That's how it's always yeah. been. In season 7 you find out how a slayer was made and you find out that like a group of men cursed this girl with a demon to become a slayer. Like there is a a a very powerful demon that was put into the slayer lineage and that's what goes from slayer to slayer. Yeah. Is like the the essence of that demon, and also the Slayer, like magic, mysticalness. Okay, there's one. There's always there's always one. Buffy dies, and comes back. When she dies, Kendra is called. So now there are two vampire Slayers. Yeah. Buffy is immediately twice as powerful. Never anywhere on the internet have I seen this talked about. The more Slayers there are, the more powerful the Slayers are. Sharing power, like the the whole deal with this story is that sharing power is inherently better than keeping it to yourself. Yeah. And that's that's never, ever talked about. Like, I don't, like, like that's the whole, like the last episode of season seven is all about that. And we'll get there in a, in a couple minutes. But like, I don't know how I'm the only one that's seeing this. Like, cause she, she comes back to life and instead of being like, whoa, I was dead. I just drowned. Like, she's just like, she she's immune to the master's hypnosis. She is much stronger because she just picks him up and throws him. And he like she was unable to do it before. Like it's right there. It's all right there in the in yeah. the first season finale. <laughs> oh, it's so good. So Kendra. Um, oh, and we almost didn't talk about Spike. Spike shows up. Spike shows up. Spike uh, is Angel's. Um, uh, I guess baby vampire grandsire but like instead of a son angel is spike's grandsire so angel sire drusilla drusilla sired spike yeah. uh they come to sunnydale because drusilla has been like magically cursed she's like crazy she's always been a little crazy but she's like weakened because of something and one of the only cure to it is some slayer blood you gotta go to where there's a slayer that happens to be sunnydale uh, so he's trying to kill buffy so he can get just a little over blood to, to and do this ritual to fix and critically, uh, he's killed a Slayer before. Like he's that's killed, his. He's killed two. <laughs> yeah, and we um, see and we see one of them real good where he gets yeah. his coat from. Well, we see where he gets his coat, and then we do see the other one in the episode uh, in in season five, episode seven, "Fool for Love." Oh yeah, uh, where where he's talking about that's actually where we see both of them die is, is that episode. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's like he he he's killed two Slayers and. No other vampire has killed more than one, really. Like, that's kind yeah. of an impossible feat for a vampire to do. Uh, but here he is. Um, he's everyone's favorite character, basically, um, on the show. Uh, I I really like Spike. I really, really do. 
He's a good character. He's got an amazing arc. Um, I don't think he's better than Buffy. I don't think anybody's no. better than Buffy, but that's just me. I, Buffy's my favorite character in all of fiction, so like maybe I'm maybe I'm a little biased. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he shows up. Um, he eventually, when Angelus comes back, he becomes a crony instead of like you. Because that's the other thing about about Buffy is like you you don't you don't know how the season's gonna go until about halfway through it. About halfway through the season, they go, "Oh, hold up, let me let's let's flip this on its head." You don't know anything Good. anymore. Uh, We're going to shuffle the deck and this is what's really going on. So you're like, Oh, he's cause there's, you know, there's an episode where Drusilla gets her, her mind back and angel or, and and spike is like maybe killed, but then like not. And then angel is, but part of it is you also need the sire, uh, like blood or essence of the sire or something to, to fix her. Um, and so you think like, Oh, Drusilla's back. She's going to be the big bad. And then Angelus happens, and you're like, nope. Uh, and uh, and then that's kind of where the the series, the season goes from there. Uh, but Spike is also there the whole time, and eventually he teams up with Buffy because he likes the Earth. Like, if you destroy the world and turn it into this hellscape, like, it's gonna be hard to get food because like people are just happy meals on legs to him. He likes the world. He just you know is a vampire and a soulless evil dude, but he just, yeah. he doesn't want to destroy it. Uh, so he helps Buffy end it. Also, he's jealous because Drusilla is like spending more time with Angel and like seems to like Angel more now that or Angelus rather. And so he's like jealous of that too. So like it's a whole thing. Um, but yeah, it's very good. It's a good time. So um, oh, it's been so long since I've watched through Buffy. Do we get Faith in season two, or does she not no, show up until three? No, because uh, they kill Kendra in the uh, second to last episode of season two. Um, yeah. Drusilla, she has like psychic powers, and like she like hypnotizes Kendra, and then like real quick slits her throat. So it's not a vampire kill. They end up trying to pin it on Buffy, but that's not like she, she gets out from under it. It's a whole thing we'll whole talk thing, about. Yeah. Um, but then we don't see Faith until the episode Faith, Hope, and Trick in season three. Okay. So season two ends in what might be one of the more heartbreaking scenes in Buffy. Yeah. Because uh, so they, the whole kind of through line, once they realize that Angelus is evil angel and they figure out what happened there is Willow and Giles are trying to find a way to give him his soul back to yeah. make him good again. Yeah. Uh, Miss calendar had the spell to the curse to put his soul back in him. Uh, when he killed her, he destroyed her computer, a floppy disk, because it's 1997 yeah. slash 1998, so, like, you know, uh, the floppy disk falls between a file cabinet and her desk. They find that in the end of the, uh, of the season, and they try to enact it. But Buffy's on her way to go kill Angel, because he has this thing called uh, a Cathla, who is this demon that is frozen in stone that when you activate it, it will open its mouth and suck the world into hell, essentially. Yeah, it's real bad. So... Buffy gets there just too late because that's how the that's how it goes, and it's already started. The only way to end it is to whoever activated a Cathala has to be thrown in there, and then that and will an- end it. And Angel gets his soul back. He gets his soul back right before it happens, and Buffy knows because she can see it in his eyes, and oh. she's already stabbed him through with a sword after this big fight, and she sends him through. She just says, "Close your eyes." Close your then- eyes pushes him through and it's the worst do you guys want to know what the buffy and angel theme is called it's called close your eyes <laughs> uh, oh. it's really beautiful it's a really beautiful piece of music but it's also a very tragic it just rips your heart right out is what it does um yep so 
everything is awful once again, but the world yep. is saved. So uh, season three. It, it should also be pointed out that at the end of season two, Buffy has to go save the world. Buffy's mom has just found out about vampires and slayers and all that and says, quote, if you leave this house, never come back. And Buffy goes, I have to save the world. I'm leaving. So she doesn't go back. Like at the end of season two, she gets on a bus and leaves. Like that's it. And and she goes to L.A. And like that's a whole thing in, in the start of season three, which yeah. is where we are now. <laughs> yeah. So season three. Um, season, season three, three is, opens opens in a graveyard and you think it's Buffy that's hunting a vampire slayer but and it's nope. Willow and Xander doing a bad job. It's 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 Willow, Xander, Oz, and Cordelia. They yeah. are all almost a half a slayer effective, I would say. Together they um, are half a slayer at best. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they've they've gotten like a couple, but they're still not good at it because they don't have like the, the preternatural senses or the superpowers or anything. Uh, but Buffy's in L.A. as a waitress. Uh, she's using the name Anne. She has her own apartment. She is, uh, like, just trying to live her life there uh, and yeah. try to, like, not be a part of the Slayer, you know, that whole world. Unfortunately, she doesn't get dragged back into it. There's this whole thing with uh, this, like, hell dimension that, that they're taking homeless kids into, uh, working them until they're very old and sending them back out. And it's a matter of time because of the way that the— Time work between health yeah, dimensions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so she stops that from happening. Uh, in one of my favorite season premieres, uh, Anne is, is really great because just because of like when Buffy is like, oh, I'm Buffy, the vampire slayer. Uh, it's it's real good. Uh, then she goes back to Sunnydale and it's her trying to get like she has to, she goes back to high school. It's her senior year. She's trying to like for the first part, is, like, apologizing to her family and her friends, but she's not at fault, also. Like, I, yeah. I she, she, she didn't say don't come back like her mom did, and her friends, like, they wouldn't understand because they aren't the Slayer, and that's, like, that's the whole, it's, being a Slayer is, like, a lonely deal, and so she just left, and when she's come back, it's trying to, like, Reassimilate. Uh, Giles gets a great moment. Oh, because the principal hates her. Principal expels her. Oh yeah, uh, Principal Snyder. And then in season in season three, there's a scene where Giles is like, she's been cleared of those charges of the murder charges. Like you have to. It's a public school. You have to let her in. And Snyder tries to get uppity with Giles. But we've learned at this point that Giles had like a dark past. Like he was like a bad Ripper. team. Yeah, he was. He was Ripper. He he was like a real bad dude. And so Snyder's like, what are you going to do? Any, or, you know, he says something like, like, you won't be able to convince me, etc." And so Giles grabs him, like takes his glasses off, grabs him, slams Snyder against a bookshelf or whatever. He's like, would you like me to convince you? And it's this, it's this like turn on a dime, like, like, like acting that you only can pull off if you are at a certain level and like. Not a lot of people are on this level. Like Anthony Stewart no. Head is like is is a, a class of his own in this show. Yeah. So uh, season three is all just heartbreak after heartbreak after feel bad, but it's one of the better seasons. It's my favorite season. I would say it is the best season. Um, but I also do love season four, and I know I'm alone in that. So maybe my opinions are just bad. <laughs> but, well, no, because season three is real, real good. It is. So the 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 first part of the season is um, like the mayor is evil. Oops, like 
and then you don't know how or why he's evil. You just know yeah. that he is evil. He's super nice. He's a super genial, nice man who loves the Boy Scouts and is a germaphobe, uh, but also he wants to become a pure demon but via this thing called the Ascension and destroy the world and become the king of it, essentially. Yeah. Uh, about halfway through the season, Faith, well, Faith shows up in like the fourth or fifth episode, and a little over halfway through, she accidentally kills a man, and that sends her on a dark path, and she becomes the dark reflection of Buffy, and is on the bad team, and eventually they just find out that, like, because like, she, like, hides it, and it's kind of playing both sides, and then they just figure it out, and the jig is up, and then, like, the back half like, of this... Se- she's tacked on to the mayor as, like, the uh, twisted father-daughter relationship, like what Giles and Buffy Yeah, it's have. like it's like the mirror... Buffy Giles, yeah. it's it's so good the way it works out. Um, but then at the end of of the season, um, Buffy ends up stabbing Faith because you need Slayer blood to to heal. Um, oh no, it wasn't Slayer blood to fix Drusilla. It was the blood of her sire, so they need to get Angel. In yeah. this, it's the Slayer. It's the poison that it only poisons vampires, and you have to drink Slayer blood to heal it, and that's usually a very rare thing. So Buffy's like, well, fine, I'm just going to kill Faith and I'll get her blood and I'll have, you know, and then we'll fix It'll it that fine. way. Cause she, yeah. And, like, Buffy doesn't kill. That's the whole thing. She does not kill. She is a slayer. Slayers don't kill. They slay bad things. Um, yeah, she doesn't kill humans. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, she even stays out of human affairs. Like, like if something could be handled by the police, she will let the police handle it. If even one iota above that, that's slayer problems and she has to deal with it. Yeah. Uh, so, but she has gotten to the point where she's like, "I'm gonna kill Faith." And uh, so, Faith, they fight this huge fight in the the second to last episode or graduation day part one. Uh, she Faith uh, gets stabbed and is dying. And instead of dying and like helping out Buffy, she jumps off into the back of a truck and is driven away. So now Buffy doesn't have any Slayer blood except the blood in her own body. So she's like, hey, Angel, uh, I need you. You got to drink my blood. And he drinks her almost dry because that's how the poison works, I guess. Yeah. And uh, and it gets it gets crazy from there because the mayor's about to ascend to a full demon. And he's also like his airsat's daughter has been killed by Buffy uh, or not killed, but like in a coma because all like she's been stabbed, you know, and yeah. uh, it's a bad time for him. So he tries to smother Buffy with a pillow in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then and Buff- Buffy gets better uh, via Slayer healing. Yeah, ma- magic. Yeah, magic uh, happens. Then, then there's the and whole the- ascension. It's I, I well, feel like just by skipping to the end, we're missing a lot of season three goodness. But it's hard to explain because there's not a lot of like big things that happen here and there, aside from no, like the Faith storyline. Yeah, Faith happens, and then the ascension happens. It's like the only other big thing is when they go to prom. Prom is great. Homecoming is great. Um, yeah. Pro- oh, God. Prom is so good. At the end, at, in in the prom episode, I feel like we've been talking for five and a half hours now. <laughs> um, in in the prom episode, guys, like, Sunnydale being, like, a school where everyone dies, like, is this, like, a thing that they kind of deal with? And, like, they know that since Buffy came, it's gotten better. And so she gets an award for class protector. And if you are, like, even is slightly invested and that does not make you cry. You are a monster. <laughs> it's, it's hard for me to see uh, an umbrella like that and just not go. Oh, 
Yeah, and then in season four when like the the vampire breaks it, and you're like, oh, that's the moment where Buffy is like, I'm gonna kill you now. Like I, I yeah. oh, I figured out who I am. I'm Buffy again. Let me kill you real quick because that is oh. unacceptable. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> sir. Yeah, yeah, it's so it's so good. So she rallies the entire like graduating class of Sunnydale. Yeah. Arms it's them. So, yeah, they're all so they're all in their graduation gowns, and like the mayor is going to ascend at the graduation because of course he is, and uh, like the sun's gonna get black in so vampires can show up, which puts Angel back in the equation, uh, but doesn't you know also have puts other vampires back in the equation. Yeah. So he starts like turning, he turns into this big old snake, pure demon, because like the last demon that left the earth uh, bit a human and fed his blood to a human, and that's what made vampires. Yep. All all the pure demons are gone. You can turn into one through a very complicated series of rituals that is a very long process, like longer than one season of Buffy. He's been playing this forever. Um, so he ascends into this big old snake demon. Um, and then everyone stands up. They all take off their graduation robes and they all got weapons and stuff. And it's great. <laughs> <laughs> and they had planned this out so that they would... They put all these bombs in the library. Like, they well, it's, blow it's up all, their it's, home. It's all over the school, but it is mostly in the library. Like, that's, that's like, the central charge. So Buffy's... Everyone has to basically do a couple things, and that is fight off the vampires and demons, uh, keep, like, everyone has to, like, you know, keep safe, and Buffy's job is to get the mayor into the library where she will... He will have been gone through the whole school, and he can't just back up because he's this huge giant snake. Uh, and then they're gonna blow it up, and they do yeah. that, uh, and it's great. And it's like it's it's the same. It, the second part because they blew up a school was delayed because it came out right after Columbine, uh, yeah. so they delayed it to like halfway through the summer, um, which is totally understandable. There's also an episode that wasn't about a school shooting, but was like on the surface, okay, like kind of about that. It was about a kid who's gonna like kill himself but it, it but Buffy could read minds and it came across as he was going to do a school shooting and then Columbine happened and they're like we're gonna just push this episode uh which is a great call on their part yeah it was um, handled really well in the episode like that's a good episode but yeah for sure right yeah. Call, yeah it's called Earshot it was uh Jane Espenson's third second or oh. third episode um who is one of the better writers on the show on a show that like Almost exclusively had good writers. Uh, Jane Espenson is like near the top one of the, one of the best. Yeah, in the in the top five, I would say. Go uh, ahead and but, just watch uh, anything she writes on because it's gonna be good. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be real good. Uh, she she just like has this like kind of I don't know how to say it like like it's like a '40s screwball sensibility that like she can put into anything and yeah. like just like the way she plots things out, it just all makes good sense and they're just good quality television. Uh, but yeah, so they, they blow the school up and they, they, they kill the mayor. Um, and then they graduate. Like, that's it. Yeah. And then yeah. we go to season four where Buffy is in college now. And it's, uh, a lot of people don't like this season, but I do. <laughs> I, I really, okay. I don't like, I don't like how they executed the, uh, the Adam? institute thing. No. Yeah. The, well, oh, the uh, initiative. Yeah. The initiative. Yeah, uh, I don't like how they did that, and I hate Riley. Well, okay, you're wrong. I'm just gonna okay. Like I know this is your Uh-oh. podcast. I know I'm coming. I know I'm coming into your house, but you're wrong. Okay, season uh, defend five. Defend yourself, sir. Season five, Riley is the worst. The dirt yes. worst. 
Season four, Riley is good. You're just like backtracking emotions onto season four, Riley, and he doesn't deserve that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, I'll get. I'll fair. I, like I he's will... not. He's not the best. Like he's not like. He's not like, Angel. No, well, uh, I don't like Buffy and Angel together. They make each other worse. <laughs> but well, uh, yeah. Uh, that's just me. That's why Angel leaves because Angel leaves at the end of season three because he can't be with Buffy or else he'll turn evil. But he doesn't want to not be with her, so he has to literally just like leave the city, like and just go away. Yeah. So season four, the bad guy is not really supernatural. It's no, it's a it's a government like organization that is. Uh, it's it. I guess the theme of it is like magic versus science. It's kind of that. But it's also like, hmm. like institutions that have rules that you can't bend versus, uh, like groups of people that are fluid and can do the job. And it's like it's like what happens when someone who thinks they know better tries to do your job better than you, and it goes yeah. very very wrong. And it gets into some weird stuff with like, like really like oppressive parent figures and just like. A whole lot of stuff that goes real bad real fast. Yeah, so basically the initiative is they, they well, they secretly build a Frankenstein of demons. It, it's uh Plus it's, robots, it, yeah. Yeah, demons, robots, uh it's like the structure of him is a man named Adam who was uh the Riley is like the golden boy of the initiative. Uh he's he's like a college TA, but the professor runs the initiative. And he is literally Captain America. He is Captain... Mark Blucas would have made a great Captain America. If we were casting an Avengers TV show in 2000, Mark Blucas is my one, pick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for, for for Steve Rogers. That You can't convince me of a better casting. But um, No. Yeah, you're right. We didn't get that, obviously. Uh, but so, Adam... And this is said in a comic book that's non-canonical, so like I don't even know why I'm talking about it. I guess just to show off, maybe. But like he was like the proto Riley, like he was like the golden boy, and he died on a mission. And Professor Walsh, instead of like letting him go, was like, "I can rebuild him. I can make him stronger." And using demons and and robot parts, uh, we can do yeah. this. And then she gets Riley, and she's like, "Oh, Riley, like, yeah, Riley's a golden figure." And they're also like secretly giving them drugs to like enhance their strength and stuff, and make them like peak conditioning. And there's also this, like, chip put in him that will brainwash him and make him do her bidding when she wants. Uh, yeah. Which is a late, a very, very late game thing that you don't find out about, but, like, is also, like, really creepy. Yeah, it's it's part of it's part of what, what sends Riley down a bad path, is the effect that that chip has. It's, it's that, him, yeah. it's mostly, it's the withdrawal of the, like, not the being drugs. this super soldier yeah. anymore. Like, that's what turns him into season five Riley, who is the dirt-ass worst. Um, but, uh... But season six, Riley, is, he's only one episode, but he's nice then. And season yeah. four, even numbered Rileys are good. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so I get like long term, like Adam blows up the initiative and kind of screws everybody over and Buffy has well, to yeah, kill him. He, he basically turns it inside out because like in his first episode, he kills Professor Walsh. And so you think and this is like the, also the turn where like you think Professor Walsh is going to be the big bad. Nope. He, she's dead. It's Adam. Yeah. Uh, and he is like this Frankenstein's monster, but instead of being like, I don't know any better, he's like, I do I know, know better. Everything. Yeah. I know everything. Um, and so his whole thing, he's one of the, the worst executed big bads, I would say, and I get that criticism, um, but there's also like two of my favorite episodes of Buffy are in this season, that's Hush, the silent yeah. episode, and yeah. Restless, the dream episode. Yeah, those, yeah, we're going to talk about those. Those are... Yeah, um, 
but there's also television. Beer Bad, which is not good. It's not a great episode. Um, there's also Where the Wild Things Are, which is the second worst episode of Buffy ever. Um, yeah. That's just like a real garbage episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, so Adam kind of throws a loop in everything, allies with demons and vampires, even Spike, who has like yeah, a he, through line about a chip that's in his head. And Yeah, because in the third episode, Spike comes back, he finds this thing called the Gem of Amara, which is a, a magical artifact that gives vampires immortality. They can't be staked, something can't hurt them, all that. They get it off Spike, they give it to Angel over in a, in a, a crossover episode. Angel is like, this is too powerful to have, and destroys it, which, hey, buddy, maybe if you just would have had it, uh, it would have been nice, but whatever. Whatever. <laughs> That's, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, or writers make it so that it just means they can go in the sunlight, and then you can give that to Angel so you can go in the sunlight in his show where he is, you know, in the dark the whole time. But again, yeah. this is just gripes for a show that's been off the air since 2003. <laughs> uh, so um, where was I? So Spike comes Spike back. Spike gets, gets chipped. Yeah. He gets chipped by the initiative. There's, they, it's a behavioral modification chip. It's what Riley has, but it to a, Riley has a lesser degree of it basically he can't harm a human he thinks he can't hurt anything but he finds that he can hurt demons and that's that's what turns him to the side of good he's still evil and soulless but if the only thing he can beat up is demons he'll do what he'll do what he has to you know he'll go beat up some demons and have yeah. a good time doing it yeah to the point where he almost ends the world in the episode where he figures out he can do this because like he's just so excited to kill a demon <laughs> yeah uh so um go ahead Oh, I actually don't know where I was going to go from there. So if you got something uh, you want to. No, because uh, like Adam loses in the end and it's the season finale happens one episode before the end of the season. Yeah. Because the, of reasons. The, well, it's because they knew they were getting a season five. Um, yeah. So they it, they weren't like picked up yet, but they had like a handshake deal on the table. So every other season, it, well, season six also ends um, with a. We know we're getting season seven because they were picked up for two seasons by UPN when they switched networks. We'll talk about that when we get yeah. there. Uh, but uh, but at the end of season four, they basically had a handshake deal in place saying, like, you're going to get a season five. This season did so well uh, in, the, in the numbers. Like, it's basically a done deal. So Josh said, okay, I'm just going to do, like, an epilogue episode then to end it. And he does the dream episode. Uh, which, to when they when they kill Adam in the second, ep- second to last episode, they all... The, the main four characters, Giles, Buffy, Xander, and Willow, combine their best qualities into a super slayer using this uh, this ancient spell. And uh, that... It taps into the first slayer spirit. It taps into... The, it evokes the first slayer who tries to kill them in their dreams in the next episode, uh, which doesn't really work out because Buffy decides against it because she, like, is she the slayer. No, yeah. So, yeah, she says no, so she can, like, call it off, and it does. And it's really... Great, like it seems like it would be anticlimactic, but it's not because it's it's it, the way it's perfect. done is real good. Um, and, there's also and, the, and there's a man with cheese. This is the cheese man, which um, supposedly means nothing. But uh, this podcast I listen to called Dust Dude, which is a Buffy uh, the Vampire Slayer podcast, they have figured out what it means, uh, at least in a way that I like, and that it it is Joss Whedon who sometimes can't get get out of his own way, and because yeah. because. Allegedly, the Cheese Man is for no reason, but it kind of represents the times when Joss needs to just, like, let it go. Like, let one thing go, um, but he can't, and that's the Cheese Man. It's like, oh, here's one extra thing that we didn't kind of need. But in a dream sense, it works. Like, I still like the Cheese Man. It's just like, yeah. it's that one thing in your dream that has no source, that, like, has no reason to be. Um, but there's also the silent episode called Hush. 
uh, oh. because everyone everyone's like, you know what the best part of Buffy is? The dialogue. Joss Whedon's dialogue is the best. That's what he's good at. That's his best quality. He said, you know what? I'm not going to do an episode without any then. And it's the only episode that was ever nominated for an Emmy, and it did not win because there is no justice in this world. It's so good. And, like, they they have to go through the entire episode not speaking to figure out all the different lines. Like they use a slide projector. There's a slide projector. There's like whiteboards on net on like necklaces. Uh, there's yeah. like a lot of hand emotions that somehow made it past standards and practices. Uh, yep. <laughs> uh, Buffy had a real good one for staking a thing. But yeah, Buffy's was my favorite. Then Anya also had a, just a blatant one. Like it was the, you know, the, the you know, finger in the hole for sex. They just yeah. did that on television in 2000, <laughs> uh, which, well, I guess this was the last episode of 99. So, um, yeah, just kind of crazy. But then, yeah, Buffy's was like this, like, really lewd motion that I'm amazed is in the episode. Yeah, it's real bad. Um, but, like, the, they realize the whole thing is you have to hear a princess scream. Yeah. And they were one second away from making Riley be the princess. Yeah. And it well, would have been perfect. It, it would have been. It, it's because it's a fairy tale. Like, the episode is, is a is a fairy tale brought to life. There's these the gentlemen. They are creepy, Slenderman. creepy men. Um, they're literally Slenderman. They're 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 faced Slenderman. So, so they just yeah. have a face, but they're skinny. They float everywhere. Um, they they have these like crazy asylum guards called footmen that like grab people for them, and they just like call. They're very polite to each other, but they're horrifying. And they open your door and they take out your heart, and they need and seven. They're smiling the whole time, and they're smiling a horrible, horrible smile the whole time, and you never know why they need the hearts because that's not important. Why yeah. they need it is not important. Just that they do it is the thing, but they are killed by screams, so they take away everyone's voice, put in a box, and it, it, the 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 fairy tale is it's a princess, but it it can be anyone I think, and it just happens to be Buffy because it's her show, yeah. Uh, but the whole episode is silent except for like a minute, like like well, there's a minute at the end, and the cold open, yeah, and that's it, and that's really it. Uh, but uh, it's such a good episode. Oh, it's it's one it's one of the reasons why I think season it brings the average of season four up. Like it, it just does. wipes out a couple of bad episodes just by itself for me anyway. It really does. No, I'll, I'll grant you that. But we do need to move on, so we're going to jump season five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Season five is uh, a lot of people's favorite. Season two and season five are commonly people's favorite seasons, um, and I guess season three also. Um, season five I like, is real good. It's it is. It's a roller coaster, which I think is part of why it's so good. Yeah, it's uh it is a roller coaster. It has one of the best big bads and that's Glory. And yep. like Glory is untouchable. As I have one big bad that I like, well not big bad, but villain that I like more than Glory and that's it. Like like she's number 2 on my list. Uh but uh basically Buffy has a sister now. Oops, what is this? Uh there's this thing called the key that will let this uh will, will let Glory get back to her home hell dimension and she needs to find the key. So these monks turn the key into a sister. Of, of Buffy's and rewrote by doing so, everyone's life <laughs> rewrote the whole reality. So everyone's just, Oh, she's always been here. It's fine. Um, if they you don't go address back it for a while, no, Oh, you don't know about it until I want to say seven or eight episodes into season five. Like, um, it's after full for love, which I think is episode seven. So it's yeah. like, it's like eight or nine around there that like Buffy finds out. Um, and then like, Dawn doesn't find out Joyce, until way later. Yeah, like, Joyce reacts to it first. 
Yeah, it, because... Joyce ends up having a tumor, and and that kind of lets her get free of. Because the other thing is, Glory can turn you. She can drain your like your sanity from you mm-hmm. uh, by sticking her her fingers into your brain essentially and just pulling out your sanity. And that's what keeps her sane. Like if she she goes into withdrawals and gets crazier if she doesn't have them. Uh, but Joyce has a tumor, which kind of like lets her sometimes see like the flicker between the universes. And yeah. she she like reacts weird to Dawn, and then that's how they find out she has a tumor. Uh, she w- will not make it out of the season. In the it's... best the best directed hour of television is the body. It's just it is the most raw emotional yeah. hour of television you can watch. It's so good. It really is. Oh, um, but uh, but if you go back, if you watch seasons one through four without. Like knowing that Dawn comes and knowing what Dawn is, Buffy is an older sister waiting for a younger sister. You can kind of feel it, like, and maybe that's just me projecting, uh, because I am an older brother. And like I said in the beginning, the cornerstone of my being is that I have a little brother. Um, but uh, like, maybe maybe I'm trying to see things where they aren't. But I feel <laughs> like it's there. I really do. <laughs> well, it's it it works. Like it's weird for a bit, but it works really well. And there's a lot of Dawn hate out there. And yeah, Dawn's the worst s- in seasons five and six. Um, in yeah. seven, she rules, but she's written to be the worst. Like, Yeah, because uh, she because does not belong. They're trying she, to she, yeah. make the viewer feel that. And that's yeah. how they do it is by making her a little brat. Yeah, she was supposed to be younger. So they in the first couple episodes, you can feel that she's written as like a seven-year-old, even though she's like 12 or 13, yeah. like Michelle Trachtenberg, uh, who played the crap out of Dawn. Like, fair play to her. She was great uh, as Dawn. But, like, there's there's two things about annoying younger siblings is that everyone has one. If you have a younger sibling, they were annoying to you at some point. Uh, I love my little brother more than anything else in this world, but that dude was straight up annoying as hell when he was a kid. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, But, like, that's how a sibling relationship works. And so by if she would have just been fine, everyone would have been like, oh, it's Dawn. We all love Dawn. She's such a great – that would have been out of place, you know? But by making her an annoying younger sibling, it gives her a place to fit into where there wasn't one before. Yeah. And they they do, like – it's a measure of how good the cast has grown together and how much they, like, trusted Joss and the writers. Because the yeah. cast – just immediately latched onto her. Like, and you can see how like Xander deliberate, they made Xander deliberately have the choice to be like, I have had a history with Dawn now and he plays it perfectly. Yeah. Like Dawn has a crush on Xander. And so Xander and Xander knows it because he, he's like, you know, you can tell those things and like, he just plays it as like, it's a cute crush from a kid. Like, you know, it make you know, but like he plays it as if that's how it's been for four years before this. And it's like, Really well done. Like, like, uh, oh, oh, we forgot to mention in season four, uh, that Willow, that Oz left, uh, yeah. broke up with Willow and left, and then Willow started dating Tara, Tara. Uh, in like the first mainstream, like on television lesbian relationship that I know. Uh, there might have been one or two before, but this was like the big one. Yeah. Uh, they kind of like brought this to people that like made it okay. I guess. it was the first time people were seeing this on television in like a real like not stunt way, yeah. you know? Um, that it was just so, unnatural but, character development, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and it, it's it's really well done. Like, Oz comes back for an episode at the end of season four um, where he finds out that Willow and Tara are together. This is before, I think, Willow has, like, 
come out essentially. Yeah. Um, and, and like Oz finds out because Tara smells like Willow, and that kind of sets up. He was a werewolf too, by the way. I kind of mentioned, missed that. Uh, no, I mentioned it. Um, but he's trying to figure out a way to hold the werewolf in, and he does that. And then what makes him crazy is like, is like he loves Willow too much, and so that he doesn't stay. He leaves again. So there's that. It's much better than I'm making it sound. I promise. <laughs> And Tara is amazing. Like, she's probably one of the better add-in characters to this show. Tara is absolutely amazing. Um, she, and, like, her and, and Dawn have this great relationship, too. Like, like Willow and Tara being, like, these also big sisters of Dawn works, like, is right from the jump. It it, it works really well. Uh, but, like, later, like, later on, Tara and Dawn are kind of the outsiders of the Scooby gang. And so like, they spend a lot of time together, like thumb wrestling and stuff. And it's just like super cute. And like, this like super nice relationship they have. There was that one episode where the Scoobies were arguing and Don and Tara were like in a bathroom. Oh no, no, no. That's that, that was, that was Tara and Anya in season four. Oh yeah. Yeah. But that yeah. was also good. Cause they were the outsider, you know, like also outsiders. Uh, there, I think there was a, in season five, there are a couple of times where they are like outside of the room. Because Tara's like, I will pick Don outside of the room. Like, you can fill me in later, but like, yeah. I will, I will go. Um, but uh, it turns out Glory's a god. Uh, she's not a demon. She's a god, and that's bad. They are very powerful. It turns out. Uh, yeah, um, it tends to be. Yeah, you thought so, the mayor was going to be bad news. Yeah, uh, he's a pure demon. Well, this is a god, so it's kind of a little worse. Uh, yeah. So the 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 through line ends up being like, she finds out it's Dawn. Uh, Glory was put into the body of a uh, boy of a baby boy when she first came to this world. His name is Ben. He is they refer to each other as siblings, but there is only one body. They just change between them. And so uh, at the end of the season, Buffy has gotten he's knocked Glory out and and she turns back into Ben, who is a human. And Buffy cannot kill a human because that's not what she does. So Giles uh, is like, you know, Ben's like, oh. She's going to kill me. And Giles is like, no, she's she can't kill you. She's good. She's not like us. And Giles suffocates Ben to save yeah. the world because Buffy cannot kill a human. And it's like this crazy powerful moment. But also, I should point out, Buffy does die right after this. But the reason Buffy doesn't kill Ben is also because she has to go save Dawn, who her blood opens the portal between the world. But here's the catch. Dawn was made from Buffy, so they have the same blood. It's it's Summer's blood, but it's also Buffy is this like Dawn and Buffy yeah. are essentially the same. So Buffy sacrifices herself uh to save the universe, but to save Dawn more than anyone. Yeah. Um and Buffy dies for a second time. And oh, it's it's gonna get heartbreaking in season six when you find out Oh yeah. Just what went on there. Um so, yeah, that it ends glory. Buffy's dead. Uh, yeah, so th- I think we should probably move on to season six because... We should, yeah. We, we're yeah, going, um, yeah. Um, yep. Season six, uh, this is a weird season. It's very weird. I call it the season without happy because every time something about happy is about to happen, oops, it's the worst. <laughs> yeah, this is the season of the abusive relationship between... The mutually abusive relationship between Spike and Buffy. It's a bad relationship. So Buffy gets brought back to life because she died through non-natural means. If you die through natural means, you can't be brought back. But if if something mystical happens to kill you, there is a ritual that can bring you back. Unfortunately, Buffy was 
in heaven. She wasn't in hell. They thought when she died by going through the hell dimension energy that she went, her but, soul went to hell. But nope. She got her reward nope. for being good, and she went to heaven, and so they brought her back. And she Earth. described it as, I was at peace, and it's just... Oh. Yeah, uh, there's there's one happy episode um, that once is... Once more with feeling. Once more with feeling. It's a musical episode. It's amazing. Uh, you the can next buy episode's... the entire episode as an album on iTunes. And yeah, it. It, it, it doesn't have the middle parts. It's just the songs. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, totally worth it. I've had it since it came out, and it was at Walmart when I was like 17 or whatever. Yep. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Uh, but I wasn't 17. That would be crazy. I was like 14 or 15. It was, 2000, <laughs> it was 2002 when this happened. 2001? 2001. Anyway. Um, so I would have been 12. Whatever. <laughs> I have to move past this or else I will, I will fall into a black hole. So uh, the, the episode after Once More Feeling is called Tabula Rasa, which is like trying to – they find they know that Buffy was in heaven because she revealed it in a song in Once More Feeling. So Willow, who's been using too, magic too much and they're trying to get her to stop – uh, uses magic to erase every, to erase Buffy and Tara's memory and erases everybody's memory. And you think, oh, maybe this will be a good episode too, but then nope, the very end of it is this like tragic, like Tara leaves because like she was like, m- like ma- magic was used on her without her consent and it was memory erasing magic. And in season five, she was turned, her, she had her sanity drained by glory. She got it back via magic with willow is, is a whole thing um but uh so she like left willow and it ends like that episode ends on michelle branch's goodbye to you which is a very sad song <laughs> yeah and and this is the season that sees um anthony stewart head have to depart the show um for reasons that were kind of outside the show's control and so giles has to leave and he does it like they explained it in once more with feeling as he feels like he's holding buffy back from being who she can be so he has to go so yeah, nothing nothing happy happens in this whole stupid season. Yeah, it's really really bad and like like some there's like some good stuff, but it's not good. Like it's it's just like Joss left, he wasn't in charge, it was Marty Noxon. A lot of people will blame Marty Noxon. I don't. I think it just was a confluence of events. They were switched it's, networks too. It's kind of where the show was going to go. They had to have this kind of season. Yeah, because like, there was it, a lot of bad that had built up. Yeah, and if you come back from heaven, like, obviously Earth is terrible. And so <laughs> the best way to show that is just to make things very rough. And I think they might have done that a little too well. Uh, but yeah. uh, but Joss took the time off because he was working on Firefly. Uh, he only did one episode this season. He only wrote and directed one episode, and that was Once More Feeling. Um which took a long time to do because you and it's a musical. <laughs> you can feel it. It's it has his hands all over it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, everything else kind of he doesn't really touch at all. Um, but they were they were they switched networks because WB canceled the show at, at the end of season five. So there is a universe where Buffy dies at the end of season five and the show is over. Um, That's a bad place to live. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, I mean, we wouldn't get season seven, which I think more than makes up for season six. But yeah. At the same time, like that's a that's a powerful way to end a show, and the you know? way that she the way that that would have ended it would have been neat. Okay, yeah, and um, it was episode one hundred. So yeah, we got we got to move on. We're doing. I, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Matt. <laughs> uh, so uh, there, uh, the end of the season. Uh, the the big bad this season is uh, the Geek Trio. It's three humans who just want to be supervillains. It's uh, Jonathan, who gave Buffy the Class Protector Award, Andrew, who is the 
the younger brother of the kid who summoned the hell demon, the the hellhounds on the prom, because um, they could not get the guy who did it. Uh, his name was the character's name was Tucker, uh, yeah. and then Warren, who was in season five, who can make robots and stuff. And and it's just like Jonathan has always been like a cool kid for most of this, like a nerdy little dork, but a cool kid. Yeah, Jonathan's whole deal is that up until now. He always makes these big grand gestures to try to fix things instead of trying to fix things in piecemeal. Like instead of trying to fix problems like in a gradual way that will fix the like the problem in like a better, like more well-rounded way. He tries to do one thing that will solve a problem without thinking of any of the consequences. He's the one who tries to kill himself in the episode Earshot that we talked about earlier yeah. um, because he thinks that everyone hates him. And Buffy's like, hey, guess what? Nobody's thinking about you because everyone hates themselves. Everyone is so wrapped up in their own stuff that they're like, they don't have time to think about how much they like or don't like you. Like it's like everyone feels this way, you know? And he's like, Oh, and that's why he gives the class protector award because she like, it's, it's one of the first times where she saves a life that without stopping something else from taking that life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so that like, it's really powerful, but then he comes back as part of the geek trio and it kind of works because he's in it for like the fun. Um, but also Warren is the worst. He's a monster. He's worse than any, like in terms of pure evil, he's worse than anybody, but Angelus, uh, Warren gets exactly what he deserves. Oh, five. Sure. He does. Uh, so basically he decides that he's uh, sick of Buffy and he's just going to go shoot her with a gun. The whole season and most of Buffy has been leading up to guns are bad. Guns do not solve problems. Guns are unearned power and unearned power is bad for everyone yeah. involved. So yeah. he comes in with a gun, shoots at Buffy, shoots again as he's running away. He hits Buffy um, and also hits Tara and kills Tara. I'm sorry for spoiling that if you didn't. Matt can put a spoiler warning up in the beginning. <laughs> uh, there will there will uh, be a big one. Yeah, it's oh. yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, that turns Willow evil, who had gone through another part of season six. Is bad is the drugs. The magic is drugs, and yeah. magic is like specifically like bad drugs, like heroin. So you can't get enough, and like you're addicted to it, and it makes you like do bad things, which um, is really so bad because magic had originally been cast in like the discovering her sexuality way. So it's yeah, just that's a where real it, bad that, shit. That's where it came from. So yeah, it's like, it's a lot of bad messages going on about magic and I get what they were trying to do, but they didn't get close. Like they didn't even get close and they, that's not where the magic of Buffy comes from. You know, no, like yeah. magic is like good and love and like being yourself and tapping into that. And then in season six, it's drugs. <laughs> and yeah, you can uh, see so, even Joss pushing back against that in once more with feeling because it's like he makes some statements in there that are just like it should be fine, guys. Yeah, what are oh you yeah. Doing? There's there's like straight up magic sex in in once more with feeling. Um, that yeah. somehow again gets past standards and practices by an act of God. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but Tara dies and that sends Willow turns her evil turns her into dark willow she wants to end the world because what's the point of living in it if the person you love is gone um so she andrew murders them yeah so andrew and jonathan are gone like they leave um they the first two episodes of like the final three episodes of the season are basically buffy trying to like stop willow and get because she wants to kill the geek trio because they are responsible even though it was just warren that she manages to get war uh, uh andrew and jonathan out of there 
And then they, they catch up with Warren, who she flays in one second. Get, like, no quarter. Given no quarter, just no more skin goodbye. Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah. He deserves it. And then it. she tries to end the world. Yeah, and she tries to end the world. And Xander saves the world by basically saying, like, like if this is where the world ends, I'm going to be with my best friend for it. Where else would I be? And that kind of gives Willow the perspective to, like, not be evil for a second. Like, to get over that. Uh, which is, re- like, this is really nice way to end a very bad season. <laughs> yeah, Xander saves the world with the memory of a yellow crayon. And yeah, yep. <laughs> gives Willow the space to mourn for half a second. It's Yeah, the, the power of friendship and understanding saves the, it the world. It is the most Sailor Moon that, yeah, that Buffy it is ever Sailor- gets. Oh, Buffy and Sailor Moon are basically the same show, like, down to, like, Rini and Dawn being the same character. Like, it's a whole thing. Oh. Um, but, uh, anyway... Why are the Sailor Moon episodes the long ones? (laughs) I I don't know. I don't. I'm sorry. I didn't mean for this to happen. I thought I was just going to talk about why I liked it. I didn't know I was going to be explaining the whole plot. It got out of hand. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's fine. It's still fun. Um, Season seven does a lot of redemption. Season seven, uh, Firefly's been canceled. So Joss doesn't have to work on that anymore. Uh, And guess who else doesn't have to work on that anymore? Nathan Nathan Fillion. Fillion. (laughs) Who shows up as Caleb and is the best villain of the show. Uh, I will, I will hands down, I will not fist fight you, but I will fight you about this. Yeah. Um, so this season is about the first evil who we did meet in season three for a minute, um, deciding that, Hey, Buffy is like doing too much. Like she's ever since she came back, she's thrown out the natural order. She's making too much good in the world. I need to destroy every slayer ever. Every potential slayer needs to be dead and then I need to kill Buffy and end the Slayer line so I so evil can reign. Like, that's that's what I'm going to do this season. Uh, it's the, the school is rebuilt after four years of it being a, a mess, just a, a, a burned-out husk. Uh, there's a lot about, uh, like, sisterhood and, and sharing your power and, like, like being part of something... Uh, and it's such a good season that I don't think people talk about enough um, in terms of, like, the best seasons. Um, it's, I think it's not it has a season the... you can ever just watch. Like, it requires so yeah. much back story. It is built on everything else. Spike gets a soul at the end of season six because, like, he was evil. He, he tried to rape Buffy. And that's when, like, uh, the the Spike's always been a weird vampire and that he's always kind of had a little bit of a soul in there. Um, he's been different from most vampires. Um, and he, so he like tries to rape Buffy cause she doesn't want to be with him anymore and he can't get that cause he's evil. And she like fights him off cause she is Buffy and, uh, and he like realized what he's done and is like, I gotta get out of here. I need to like, so he goes and he, he gets a soul. It's a kind of a rough part. Cause he of, didn't intend to get a soul. He went there to be like free of her or something. Yeah. He, yeah. he wanted, he wanted to, yeah, he wanted to be like free of her and, and, I guess, like, the trick is, well, it's sort of, I don't know, because at some point he does mention it as, like, I got a soul for you. Like, I went to get a soul. But in the moment, it seems like he goes to just, like, to stop being this way or to, like, either be rid of her or be, like, better. And that ends up being a soul. And he's like, oops, what? Ah." And then season ends. Uh, But uh, in season seven, it's, like, him coming back. He's got, like, some residual, like, angel... I remember all the bad stuff I did. That kind of hurts my soul. So, like, that you're dealing with that. Um, the first evil is just killing all the slayers. From beneath you, it devours. It's and a whole she, thing. The first evil 
takes the form of whoever it wants. And so anytime when it's talking to Caleb, it's Buffy. Yeah, it's well, that's done for a couple. Re- it's not anyone she wants. It's it's anyone dead. The, the first evil can take the form oh, of yeah. anyone dead. So at the end of the first episode, the first evil is talking to Spike and it runs through all of the big bads of the show. Uh, except for Angel. It doesn't hit Angel. It does Drusilla instead, but it's the Master, transforms into Drusilla, transforms into the Mayor, transforms into Adam, transforms into Glory, uh, transforms into Andrew, or not Andrew, uh, transforms into Warren, uh, and then finally transforms into Buffy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and for a practical reason, if you just have Sarah Michelle Gellar, the best actress of our time, play this other role, this evil like mirror image version of her, you save a lot of money and you get to show off more Sarah Michelle Gellar's acting, so like, why wouldn't you? And um, Sarah Michelle Gellar and Nathan Fillion in the same room is Oh my god, it's amazing. Fantastic. Where is yeah. that show? Where is that show of just oh, them doing anything? Uh, but yeah, Caleb is a priest who is a priest in service of the first evil. And he's like this southern dude. And it's he's just amazing. He's like... Yeah. He believes so hard in evil that like you can feel it. It's It's great it's a great like character um but it ends with buffy facing down the first evil's army of proto vampires called the turacon which are the like these like ancient race of vampires that uh sunlight will kill them but they like they have like their bones are super dense so you can't really stake them without like really wanting it uh it's hard they're like super feral and hard to kill um and, uh, and she takes all the potential Slayers down, and she uses this magic scythe that was made for the Slayers that was just, like, hidden away. Um, she uses that to channel the Slayer power and give everyone who has ever been a Slayer, everyone who is a potential Slayer becomes a Slayer. Activates and all over the world, yeah. All over the world, and there is a montage going through the girls that are there, and there's just, like, other girls around, like becoming slayers and like getting that like like power and confidence of being a slayer and like here's how you can tell if i've been body snatched or not show me that scene and if i don't cry that's an alien that's not me you need to kill me with fire uh because there is a moment where this girl is in like a trailer and she's getting like a like her her dad or stepdad or whatever is like hitting her and he brings his hand down and she catches it and stands up, and I just got the chills just thinking about it. There's a little girl playing softball who's, like, nervous and, like, not sure of herself. And she gets, like, she gets activated. And the way she looks up with this, like, smirk, like, I am gonna, I am gonna rule this, this game is so good. It is, like, this perfect, beautiful thing, and I love it so much. And all the potentials oh. that we had been getting to know throughout the season that are still alive, get activated. They all get activated, and it's just this army of slayers. And guess who also gets super powerful? Buffy! Because the more slayers there are, the more powerful all the slayers are. It is this, like, this perfect way to wrap up a show about, like, like empowering women and, like, like de-damselfying people. And, like, it is so good... I don't like, I, I can't explain it in better words. I've been trying to since 2003 and I just can't guys. <laughs> no, it's, it's real, real good. Um, so we have, uh, we have, uh, pretty clearly gone a while here. Um, yeah. Oops. Oops. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's fine, dude. Um, so real quick, um, 
oh man, I don't even know if there is a real quick. We've really, really said everything about this. Like, go watch these shows, you guys. Yeah, go watch everything that I talked about. It's very good. Um, You're not going to be good. mad at yourself if you watch Buffy. You're really not. Like, it's a time no. commitment, but it's so good. Yeah, it's, it's 144 episodes, and so that, like, seems like a lot. But, like, at the end of the day, it's a it's a great 144 episodes. Well, it's a great 122. It's a great 140 episodes. Yeah, yeah. 100, yeah there's, there's a couple stinkers. There's a couple straight-up bad ones. Uh, season 6 is hard to get through, but ultimately rewarding. Um, and you can't have season seven without it. So like, yeah, you gotta, you she gotta has to come that. from that darkness to be able to be who she becomes. It's real good. Yeah. And Spike saves the day and they drive yeah. away from a giant crater in the ground and it's yeah. just, the and best. yeah, they destroy the whole town. It's so good. That whole, that, that finale is just the best. Um, yeah, I don't have any final thought. Anything, any, anything you need to to ask? Because I, while we're here, I might as well get it off. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, oh, I see. The only thing I would ask is going to be another can of worms, so I'm not gonna do it. Well, if you ask it, I will give you the brief one, and if people want to hear more, we can come back and do a follow up. How about okay, that? <laughs> that's what we'll do then. Um, so, are all of these shows in the same universe? No. No, they are not. Okay. Um, I, I know people want there to be, and I know that, yes, this could be a whole can of worms. Uh, there's a whole thing about, like, is River a slayer? Um, like, is is that how that worked? And there's just no vampires left because, like, when they got on the ship, there was sunlight, and, like, they left during the day or whatever. And, you know, it's like, you know. Uh, but, no, it can't happen um, because there's there's too much discrepancy in the lore and dollhouse throws everything off. Um, because like, because people think that like the reason we left is the cabin in the woods ending. Cause like the earth gets destroyed, but, uh, it's, that's not the reason given in firefly. The reason given is that like we used it and there was nothing left for us here. So we had to leave Uh dollhouse has its own apocalypse at the end that throws everything off. Like there's a canonical comic book set in the year 20, 2020 something or, or 2200 something it's called fray it's a amazing highly recommend it it's written by joss whedon uh art by carl moline uh who just does not do enough comic books nowadays carl <laughs> i want more comic books from you thank you um but uh but yeah that's like canonical it's like the slayer line a hundred some odd years later uh coming back he wrote it before he wrote season seven uh so he had to basically figure out how to end season seven and how that can work in the timeline of Frey. I, again, we can talk about Buffy ephemeral in another episode. So, uh, uh we were joking before this began. It was like, if someone manages to add nine hours to the day, may, maybe eventually there can be just like a in-depth Buffy podcast, but not anytime soon. No, um, no, 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 no. I don't have, no, I, nobody has the time for that. <laughs> I do agree. Go listen to dusted. Uh, I haven't caught up on that in a while, but it is a real good episode by episode. Real in-depth analysis. Of yeah, like store, like from like a storytelling perspective, it is like a like an analysis of Buffy from that, and it's like really, re- it's like the only Buffy podcast that like fits my specific need of like, like, because I, I know everything that happens. I don't need to hear a podcast about it again. I've watched every episode a hundred times, but like, I like hearing things get like dissected, like they do on on Dusted. Yeah. And it will it will help make you a better writer with the way they 
dive into things. It's real great. Um, yeah, for sure. For sure. So Jake, one more time. Um, where can people find you online? JJ underscore Mason on Twitter, uh, Morphin Grid, Pokemon World Tour, Pokemon World Tour United, Cool Kids Table, Hard Reboot, uh, another secret project coming up soon, GasCast, I forgot to mention that, that's a monthly show where we talk about games and sports, uh, that's it, I think that's it. You can find us on the internet at fifthdraw.com, follow us on Twitter at fifthdraw, or email us at social at fifthdraw.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt Hoodley. If you enjoyed this episode, why not give us a rating and a review, or maybe tell a friend. Getting the word out helps us immensely. Our music is Arcade Montage by Lee Rosevere and can be found at the Free Music Archive. That's all for this week. We hope you'll join us next week for another episode. And hey, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>